The Get Rich Slow Club podcast is a collaboration between Tash Etchman from Tash Invest and Anna Christina from Perla. The Get Rich Slow Club acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we record on. From coast to coast, across land, waters and communities, we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. Welcome to the Get Rich Slow Club podcast, where we take you from beginner to confident investor, where we can teach you everything you need to know about investing. So come get rich slow with us. Welcome to our very first episode. I'm here with Anna. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm good, Tash. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Our first episode today, we've decided to talk about who we are, why we're here, and why we've decided to even start this podcast. Anna, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Anna. I'm head of product and community at Perler, which is a wealth management platform that focuses on long-term investing and financial independence. So I've uh, been working there. really love it. I've also been a huge fan of financial ed- education and literacy. So it's great to be combining my passion and my career in the same space. Yeah, very exciting. And what about you, Tash? I post online under Tash Invest, so I share how I save, invest, and make money. Outside of that, I work in behavior support. I studied OT and kind of work in healthcare, which has been lots of fun, but it's been nice to kind of combine both things as well in terms of education and empowering others, but also having the financial literacy too. It's kind of awesome that you have a job that has nothing to do with finance, and then this is kind of like your other passion project side. So I I love that you have that balance. Lots of people say that, but I think it links in a lot more than people realize because finances impact every single part of your life and your day and it impacts everyone. And in my job as well, I do lots of kind of like not quite financial coaching, but we do budgeting and we talk about money and even just working under the NDIS as well, which is how like disability supports are funded. Like it's so much money-based stuff that people just don't really know or talk about enough. So it all links in nicely. And like the skills of being able to share and teach and like like articulate information, I guess, as well. That's valid. I think like money does touch almost every single part of our life. So mm-hmm. I'm. It, it's actually interesting to hear that. And did you mention that you're licensed? I haven't mentioned it, but yes, I do get licensed back in November. So I can officially give general financial product advice, which is very exciting. Oh, how cool. I love, I love watching your career development too, how that's uh, yeah. all come together. It's like two separate parts. I kind of just decide what I want to do, but for now it works okay. Work part-time in healthcare and then do this on the side. But yeah, it's very, very, very excited. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. So <laughs> so we started this Get Rich Slow Club kind of collab. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Tash? Yeah, I think I was in Sydney at the time and I had a random idea with my friend, Sarah. We wanted to do events and to get people involved and in talking about finance in real life. Um, so I reached out to Perla. I think it was Nick from Perla initially. He's like the CEO and co-founder because I wanted a partner that kind of aligned and understood our vision there and Perla aligned really well. Um, yeah, and then we had a few panel events in real life, like one in Sydney and one in Melbourne. And we got so many awesome people together and just spoke about money and investing. And it was such a great, awesome environment. And it was our moderator or like host. So that was really great too. And it was just like so good to see so many people in real life in the same space talking about money. What I loved about that event is I've gone to a lot of events in my life, a lot of them around career and work and networking. And the cool thing about this one is I don't think I've ever been to an event where you can literally talk about money, like what your financial goals are, what you're working towards, how often you're investing, because money can be so, so taboo. And 
we are kind of trying to dis- demystify that awkwardness and <laughs> and make it more accessible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was so awesome to have so many people sharing so many things and like the audience was so interactive as well and people were asking so many questions and sharing their thoughts and it was yeah, just such a lovely space to be part of. So we wanted to kind of extend that and thought how could we reach more people and the podcast kind of came up. Yeah. And I think as we kind of collaborated on this, Tash, one of the things that we've talked quite a bit about about this podcast is that it's really hard to find a space to know where to where to go to get all of the information um, about investing in a logical order. Often there's books out there that you can read, but sometimes it, it can get overwhelming. Where do you start? If you listen to a podcast, sometimes they're, you know, interviewing people and you're still trying to figure out what does ETF stand for. So this is how we kind of got together and um, decided that we will create episodes from, you know, beginner to help people become confident in their investing journey. Yeah, I definitely struggled when I first started learning how to invest because there's so much information out there but you just don't know what's applicable or what order to learn about it in. So we did some research and asked our audiences to fill out a form that Anna set up, very product manager of you, um, <laughs> all about like the best steps and like the best order to learn about investing and what other people thought. And then we kind of took all that information and put these episodes together. Like it's not perfect and it's really hard to decide who needs to learn what and what order, but we think this is a logical way to learn and it'll be our nice. This is where you can start and go from there. I really love that we actually reached out to our audience because this way, we it's a collaborative effort, right? It's not just Tash and I putting these scripts together and trying to get all the right stuff. It's actually reaching out to the community, making sure that we're doing things that make sense for all of us. And that's why we're a club, right? Like we're a get rich slow <laughs> club. It's a, it's trying to encompass that collaborative nature as well. Yeah. So. It's really hard to learn from people who you don't relate to. And that's why we've kind of thought it was important to share this episode as well and share a little bit more about ourselves. But while we have learned and had our own journeys, we're not the biggest experts ever, which is why we want to collaborate and take people's feedback on and kind of make it a journey. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, this podcast is our first step in, in doing that. <laughs> yeah. Let's start by talking about, well, let's start, let's continue by talking about our investing journeys. Do you want to start Anna? Sure. Um, my investing journey. Oh my, I guess I started somewhere in my twenties. Uh, I'm originally from Canada and in Canada, we have this thing called an RRSP, a registered retirement savings plan. It's kind of like a super. The big difference is, is that your employer doesn't put money in, but you yourself have to put money in. So I knew this was a thing you do. I just didn't know what to do. And in Canada, you kind of go to the bank and you ask the bank and they make you do a risk assessment survey. And, you know, obviously I didn't want my money to, 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 Wait, to does get- the bank help you invest in Canada? Uh, yeah, they do. Yes. So they, they act like a broker kind of as well. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. So it's cool. Except in Canada, we have some of the highest fees in the world. So 2.5%. <gasps> Massive. Massive, uh, which at the time didn't sound very big, right? Because uh, credit cards are 19%. So what's 2.5? Yeah. But, <laughs> what, what is 2.5? It's a When lot you're targeting like life. 5 to 7.5%. Yeah, it's massive. It's a huge chunk out of it. Wow. Yeah. So I was investing, but it didn't seem like it was really going somewhere. I also have to remind people, like, I, I am a little bit older than Tash. I um, graduated university, I think, around like 2007. That was not the best time in the market. <laughs> yeah. What a time to graduate just before yeah. the GFC. 
Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it was hard to find a job at that time as well. So it was a completely different thing. I was trying to put some money aside. I didn't know what I was doing. And it only happened that I think I was in my 30s that I was like, wait a second, I have some money saved up. I have some things that I can do with it. What do I do? And that's really when I jumped into education. So one of the things I wanted to clarify is like, yeah, I started investing later in my life. You know, in my 30s was when I would say that I really focused on it. It's never too late to to learn. And um, yeah, that's when I realized that the bank was <laughs> charging me Ripping way too much. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Ripping I was me impressed off. initially, but no, never mind. No, no, never mind. I was like, well, I guess it's kind of growing, but also in a very conservative portfolio. Things you learn uh, that wasn't advantageous for me at the time, but that's okay, you know, because a lot of investing is about habit building. So I already had the habits in place of squirreling money aside. It's just a matter of making sure that my investments are doing the right thing for me. I think that context is really important to look back on because I think we compare ourselves to so many other people, but I am 25 and I graduated school in 2014. So obviously when I graduated, it was a completely different time in the market compared to just going into like the GFC and everyone was terrified and really scared and lots of not great things happened back then. And especially in Canada as well, because I know it didn't affect Australia as much. Whereas when I graduated, like my first investment was when I was 18, I bought the S&P 500 index, which is the largest 500 companies in the US. But it kind of just only really went up from there. Like there was lots of gains. It was a big period of growth and it really like built my confidence up and I became a more confident investor from that. And I was initially like really scared of investing and it took me a long time to invest consistently. But I don't think if I'd had that market that was just growing initially, I wouldn't have had that confidence to invest in the future. And then by the time there was the COVID crash in like, when was it? 2020, I'd been in the market for like four years by then. So I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know what happens. I know this is part of the cycle. And I was just like ready and fine with it. But yeah, if that's your intro to investing, like welcome to the GFC, that's not the best. It's hard to come back from that. It's interesting you say that because in the first chapter of Psychology of Money by... Um, Morgan Housel. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> couldn't remember. Um, he actually talks a little bit about that, is that it, it depends on... A, a lot of your relationship with money really depends on where you are in your life, where you were born, whether you were through a depression or not, or a recession, I should say. And um, it, it's, it's very true. I think it's yeah. <laughs> quite true. As opposed to some of my friends who maybe started investing at the end of um, a, a market run where everything was going up, up, up. And then when it dips, it, it's a completely different reality for them. Yeah. I think this is a really good time to sort of just acknowledge or talk about privilege a little bit as well. Because I know when we look at other people's journeys and where they are, it can be really easy to try and compare yourself. But for example, I grew up in a very financially literate family where my parents discussed how much they were earning, how much their mortgage was. They discussed the pros and cons of taking certain jobs and why we were moving around. And I think that had a huge impact because I just, I had the money habits from the start. I knew I had to save and invest. And that was just what people did. And they kind of told me credit cards are bad, car loans are bad, like you have to save for everything. So that gave me a really good mindset from the start that a lot of people don't have. And also just like growing up in Australia, like I was born in Australia, which is a huge privilege. I was born to like parents who had money and talked about money and openly had money as well. Oh, I agree, Tash. I think um, a lot of my journey also is quite privileged. Uh, my parents were immigrants to Canada. So I'm first generation Canadian. So they had a lot of tendencies that was very much around frugality. And so those ideas were really instilled in me. But similarly, I was born in a country that 
is really beneficial in terms of passport opportunity and so forth. And because frugality and, you know, focusing on saving was a huge part of my family life, it really kind of helped me as well. So my, my parents really supported me in my journey. And I know that that's not the case for everyone. And similarly to you, debt was something that was really, really bad. If you took out a credit card, you paid it off right away was what I was told. And, um, it really kind of helped me to set up and save, but investing was the part that I, learned much later in my life. And again, that, that comes down to just actually luck of the draw in terms of that, that privilege card. So I think it's important that we acknowledge that it's not everyone starts in the same spot. And I think a lot of people try and focus on very specific parts of privilege as well, um, which is another big conversation to have. But like I lived at home until I was 22 and a lot of people don't get to do that either. Or I went to a private high school and was supported through that. And I got to go to university in the same city that I lived in. So I could live at home for that for a little bit as well. So so many bits of privilege there, but you will never ever know someone's true full story just by watching them on social media. So while it's like fun to see what other people are up to and I love money conversations, it's important to not compare yourself to others completely because you can never completely replicate someone's situation. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So I think it's, we can be inspired and excited about other people, but not comparing is probably is the thief of all happiness or what's the saying? Thief of all joy. But I think like, cause people see where I am now, but they don't see like my journey beforehand. So I used to share my net worth online. Um, I don't do that so much anymore, but when I, I graduated high school when I was 17 and I was really frugal. I saved every dollar. I counted every dollar. I worked like overtime. I was working like 50 hour weeks and just being so frugal and working really hard. But now that I've kind of like, I did those like four years working really hard. I bought my investment property. I started investing. Now I'm kind of a bit more casual and flexible and I can spend a bit more money, but without those hard years initially, I wouldn't have been where I am now. So it's hard when people see me at this point now, but they don't see all the stuff that happened beforehand. I can completely relate to that. I think back to some of my frugal times where my boss would be like, let's go for a coffee. And I just didn't want to spend the money on the, on the coffee. Right. Cause I was trying to squirrel away and save as much money as possible. For me, a lot of my financial goals were around travel. And that was a huge part of my twenties. I saved as much as I could and I spent it on travel. And so things for me, that I didn't think were of value were things I didn't want to spend money on. So those were just habits that I learned. And as my growth trajectory in terms of my career and also income has increased over, over time, you know, being in my late thirties, my life has changed as well in terms of a bit of lifestyle creep, but also the things that I need to pay for. Cause I have two little humans yeah. um, in my, in my life and, uh, life, life's goals just change. And my financial goals have changed as well. So. And just like values as well. So when I was yeah. younger, I like backpacked around India cause I saved to travel as well, but I was getting overnight local trains with no air con. Cause I wanted to save like $5 and I would never do that now. <laughs> like it was a fun experience. <laughs> too. Now I, yeah. Now I value my time way more. And I'm like, why would I get a 16 hour train if I could get a half an hour flight for like $10 more. But back then I literally saved every single dollar. Whereas now I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. I want to value my time a little bit more and I'm way more busy than I was back then. But it's just interesting how much it shifts and like how I had to have that stage to kind of be where I am now. I think a lot of that comes down to like financial freedom, right? And a big part of investing and saving and looking at wealth and money isn't, isn't to be rich. In a lot of cases, it isn't to have 
millions of handbags and gorgeous houses and pools. It's really about like the opportunity to choose the things that are most important and valuable to you, right? Like having financial freedom to, you know, decide that you want to splurge on that flight instead of that train or take some time off with your kids or leave a really toxic job or relationship. That's, that's really why this podcast is here to help empower people to talk about you know, their futures focus on their wealth creation so that they can create the lifestyle and the life that they want for themselves. Yeah. And the freedom is so important as well, especially in terms of quitting jobs that are toxic and you don't like or leaving toxic relationships. Like there's so many things that go into that and like having the financial literacy and the money behind that is, is huge. Like you can have so much more freedom from that and it's incredible. I think we also wanted to point out that investing really isn't as hard as people may think. Like I know when I first started learning about investing, I was like, this is terrifying. And it's only for rich people who have financial backgrounds and like all these financial advisors and stuff. And like people like me can't just randomly invest, but it turns out you actually just can invest. And it's not as hard as it's made to seem. Did you think the same? Yeah. I remember um, when I was reaching out to my dad's friend about investing. He worked at a bank and he literally told me to buy shares in the banks. Like that's it. And I was like, surely, surely there's like an easier way to understand all this stuff. And then I found a couple awesome books around financial independence as I started Googling and realized this is really not that hard. Why is this not taught in schools? Why do other people not understand this? And as I started that journey, I became a broken record to my friends. I was like, oh my gosh, let me tell you about index funds. Let me, let's talk about ETFs. Um, you know, if it's just habit building, it's just about, <laughs> I, I, I was annoying to people, but I just realized that this is actually not as hard as people think it is. So we're, we're trying to break that all down with this. Yeah. I kept looking for the cash. I was like, what do you mean? If you just consistently invest in index funds, you can end up a millionaire. Like, what do you mean? That's the thing. Why, why does no one, ever, why does not everyone know that? Like no one's talking about it. No one knows it. And even like my parents as well, they kind of invested in different shares, but wouldn't just buy index funds. And that hasn't worked out the best for them, I guess. But um, I was like, why, why do all the smart people in my life not just do this too? So it's very interesting that it's kind of like gate kept and kept away and like not everyone does it. Do you think that not having access to that financial literacy is set up by the system? Like I, oh, I definitely, yeah, definitely feel that way, right? Yeah, definitely. Like our economy works on people being in debt. And if people aren't in debt, then like the economy is not going to do well. Exactly. And I think that the more financial literacy we have, the more we understand, the more control we have over our money, the more control we have over our time. And that's ultimately like the trade-off, right? In order to make money, you need time, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you can continue to grow your money, you will probably need less time to spend on making that money, right? Uh, yeah, I don't want to sound like too much of a conspiracy theory, but yeah, the government needs you to work. So they need you to be in debt. So you need to go back to work to pay off your debt and to support your lifestyle and everything. And they need you to spend money so that the economy will grow and that people's shares will also grow, like catch 22 there. but And to pay taxes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to work a lot to pay a lot of taxes. Yeah. 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 So this is, this is just a way to um, get your time back, which is, I think a lot of what we, we will talk about. Yeah. I'll just have to more choice and freedom and control and to not be trapped. Yeah. So that's kind of, uh, that's, that's kind of the gist of this podcast without getting too, uh, too conspiracy about our favorite things. We have lots of strong feelings. Yeah. But um, the next couple episodes will kind of break down investing and how to even get started. So it'll be much easier. Yeah. We hope you'll join us for this like full first season. We're very excited about it. We've got lots of fun things planned and we, we really hope you'll stick with us. 
So in each of our episodes, we're going to try to have a little action at the end to get people started on their journey. And um, even if you're further along in your journey, it's always good to take these next little steps in making sure that you're on the right path. Or even just sharing it with others around you as well. Like if you're a little bit ahead, like think about who you can share this with or who would benefit from this as well. So this first action is a really easy one. It is to listen to our next episode. And if you do enjoy it, please share it with a friend that you would like to take this journey on. We know that talking about finances and money makes it much more accessible, makes it easier to kind of keep yourself accountable. So if you have a friend or a partner or a parent that you think would benefit from this, please do share this podcast with them. Yeah. can be a good intro to those opening that money conversation up. If you're like, Hey, listen to this podcast I listen to. Um, but we'd love to get your feedback as well. So you can send either of us a message. I'm just Tash Invest on Instagram, or you can message our Get Rich Slow Club Instagram as well. And I'd love to have a chat to everyone about it. Yeah. And you can find me at Anna Christina on Instagram. Cool. Thank you for joining us. Bye. See you next time. This show was brought to you by Natasha Etchman, who is an authorized representative, 12-99881 of Guideway Financial Services, AFSL 420367, and Perla, who is an authorized representative, 1281540 of Sanlam Private Wealth, AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out our financial services guides and read the product disclosure statement and target market determination for any investments you're considering. See our show notes for more info.